Here we go. So, Martin, why do you want to do this interview? Why did you say yes? Oh, is that an interesting question? I said yes because uh, I was flattered that you wanted to talk to me in the first place, and I didn't want to be rude to you. Okay. So, uh, 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 so I and you were very. Uh, I thought that your request was a very polite and logical one, and uh, I. Uh, don't value my time so highly that I couldn't afford to give you an hour. Well, thank you so much. So, as you know, this project is about business mavericks, so people who think differently in their industry. How would you define a maverick? How, how would I design? How would you define a maverick? Well, maverick. Well, I think you said it, already said it. It is somebody who thinks differently and who doesn't care what other people think. Okay. And why do you think you're a maverick, Martin? Well, you really ask hard questions, Billy. Uh, I never said it was going to be easy. Because uh, you, you, I'm not sure I understand the question. First of all, we're, we're making a, a presumption that I'm a, a maverick. Uh, and uh, for a good part of my life, uh, I have been. Okay. That's a very complicated thing because uh, uh, I enjoy uh, a good argument. Okay. Uh, I enjoy thinking about things. Uh, I enjoy uh, rejecting the uh, obvious answers. Okay. Uh, and I really enjoy ideas. Wonderful. The London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. I'm going to give you seven statements and you just need to say true, false, can't decide. So the first one, people tell me that I'm a maverick or words to that effect. True. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. To getting things right? Yeah. Uh, well, boy, is that hard to put a... Uh, of course, I would... Yes, okay. true. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. True. I am much more productive than other people. False. I have very unusual talents. Unusual talents? Talents. True. I am generally underestimated by people. Oh, I can't decide. Okay. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. True. Okay. Martin, why do you do things differently? There's no great satisfaction in doing things over again that people have already done. Okay. And uh, or, or to put it differently, there's much greater satisfaction in doing something differently 
I'm just repeating what other people have done. Okay. Can you give me an example of what you do differently and how? Well, I am a very uh, nonlinear. Uh, I uh, the reason that I'm unproductive is I work on the things that uh, uh, I, I either uh, enjoy doing yeah, or uh, that I happen to think of at the moment. Okay. Is what you do equated to the bottom line? Or something else? Or something else? Yeah. Is it, to, is it about money? Do you do what you do for money or do you do it for some other reason? For other reasons. And what's the, other, and what's the something else? Uh, they are whatever reason that I come up with. They are either uh, uh, because uh, I enjoy doing them. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they have a uh, uh, social significance, mm -hmm. because I think they have much a longer range uh, impact. So it may be money, but it may be long range money, not short range. Okay, okay. Is any part of being a maverick to do with autonomy over your life? Oh, absolutely. I'm like a. a well, let me think. It's certainly true today because uh, uh, while I still work very hard, I, I don't have any bosses and I can do exactly what I want uh, any time. But even when I work for other people, mm -hmm. uh, I, uh, uh, I was uh, most certainly a maverick and uh, I think it involves uh, self-confidence. Okay. I could disagree with, with my boss and actually be critical of him and really uh, assume that he was going to be objective enough not to fire me. Okay, okay. So does doing things differently require certain skills or talents or mindsets? And if so, what are they? You've said one, which is confidence. Yeah, well, the, uh, the first thing is, yeah, self-confidence is, of course, the, uh, the biggest one. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it does take a mindset. Mm -hmm. And the mindset is that uh, mostly you cannot care a lot about what other people think. Mm -hmm. And I spent a good part of my life trying to be attracted to other people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a uh, counter to the whole concept of being a maverick. Right. You're really trying to do is to not uh, uh, disagree with people, to not get into arguments. And the reason I did all that is because I uh, once read a, uh, a book about how to win friends and influence people. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. Dale Carnegie. And uh, his, uh, one of his theses is that you cannot win an argument. Uh, and uh, once I realized that I was overdoing that, mm -hmm. I uh, actually started moving in the opposite direction. Right. Started looking for arguments. Got and, you. Uh, and it sort of suddenly became a challenge to be able to get into an argument with somebody or to be a maverick or to be different. Right. And, and still have them like you. Yes, that's... 
I mean, to be quite honest, Martin, that's one of the biggest challenges the Mavericks are facing um, from the work I've done. So my next question is to you. What are the challenges to being a Maverick? What are the challenges? Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest challenge is you have to be ready to have other people disagree with you. Okay. So I, uh, as an example, yesterday I was talking to one of uh, my friends mm -hmm. who happens to be an extraordinarily smart and successful person. Mm -hmm. and I described to him what I thought were the faults of modern cell phones. Right. And uh, he dismissed my views uh, uh, aggressively. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, you know, how can you argue about something not being right just because uh, uh, three or four billion people, uh, because three or four billion people are using this thing, it must be okay. And I said, no, I don't agree with you. I think they're using it because that's all they had available. But at some point, somebody's going to get smart enough to change it. Well, he disagreed. You have to be ready to accept the fact that people will not just buy your ideas. Wonderful. What's been the lowest point of your journey as a maverick? If you look back on your life, what was the low point? What was the lowest point? Well, the low, the low points happen when uh, you uh, are immersed uh, in a culture that doesn't accept mavericks, that rewards uh, linear thinking, that rewards... Uh, people who have short-term goals mm -hmm. uh, and uh, once again if you want to continue being a maverick you have to accept those kinds of things. Yes. I had cases uh, when I was in the corporate environment where the people that worked for me uh, earned bigger bonuses than I did because they paid attention to the uh, to their short-term profit goals and I never cared much for those. Right. That's a really, really powerful example, actually. Um, what aspects of your personality or character influence your Maverick approach? Oh. Well, I think we've uh, uh, covered that. I... Uh, I, the biggest thrill in my life is having uh, an original idea. Okay. And that doesn't uh, necessarily mean that I'm the only one in the world who's ever thought of it, but it's because it's I'm the only world, one in the world that I know of that has thought of an idea. Okay. And, and uh, if you're going to do that, you can't just accept... Uh, what exists, you have to challenge it. Okay. Are you born or bred a maverick? Oh, I don't think you're born with anything. <laughs> you're okay. Bo you're, born, you're born with a lot of physical attributes. Right. But almost uh, virtually everything that you are uh, is the matter of uh, what your innate physical uh, characteristics are uh, and what you learn uh, after you're born. Okay. And do you think your childhood in any way impacted on your being a maverick today? 
I, I'm not sure what attributes of my childhood did, but I'm certain that, that uh, my childhood did uh, uh, create what I am now. Okay. How is your enthusiasm and drive related to being a maverick? Oh, I, uh, it's hard to be a maverick. It's much easier to go with the flow. And so uh, uh, I think you have to be enthusiastic, passionate, uh, energetic. And, and uh, many of those attributes I inherited or I learned from my mother. Okay. How do you see rules? Oh, well, if you're suggesting that uh, that uh, mavericks don't pay much attention to rules, uh, you're probably right. Uh, although uh, there are certain rules of society that make society work, and you have to follow those rules. So they, that includes the laws where you may go to jail, but the more important ones are the ethical and moral yes. rules. So uh, if you uh, don't break those rules, uh, the rest of them uh, are subject to uh, at least analysis. Wonderful. Martin, have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger? My recollection is that uh, I've always been the way I am. Okay. And do you choose to be, are you always a maverick, or do you choose to be so at times? Uh, no, I, uh, it's a matter of choice. When I'm in, I like people. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when I'm interacting with people, if they're, if the situation is right, I can be very argumentative and... Uh, uh, and have a lot of fun. Right. Uh, if I am trying to engage with people, uh, I'm actually pretty good at uh, at engagement and and not being a member. Okay, so you turn the dial up and down, yes? I think so. Okay, and when you're turning that dial up and down, is that a conscious decision or an unconscious decision? Well, it's almost binary, Billy. Okay. That. <laughs> uh, like we haven't got into a single argument yet. No. So Not yet. Uh, obviously I'm in my uh, in my uh, charmer mode. Okay. But if you uh, start testing me and and uh, make some assertive comments that I don't agree with, we might get into the okay, okay, other mode. So what are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? Well, the disadvantages are. are uh, Pretty obvious. You, you, you have to be lucky enough, as I was, mm-hmm. get into an environment where mavericks are respected. Wow. There are not many corporate environments that are like that. The, uh, you mentioned the Steve Jobs thing. Well, he wasn't. He was the antithesis of the corporate person, mm. and. Uh, uh, I, I don't think he could would ever have survived in any corporation right. without actually being the boss. It's quite interesting because a number of the Mavericks I've interviewed actually have left corporate worlds 
because they couldn't survive in that. And part of this work is about helping corporations to see you want the ideas that these mavericks and innovators come up with. So how are you going to start working with these people so that they don't leave? Well, I, as I say, I, uh, it, with me it was just pure luck. But okay. uh, uh, the Motorola treated me uh, like a maverick, and that came. Uh, they treated me very nicely, even though I was a maverick. Right. That viewpoint came right from the top management. Wonderful. Bob Galvin was the uh, chairman of our company, and uh, I became good friends with him uh, in his later years. Uh, but uh, uh, his view was the only thing that counts is whether uh, people are productive, and there are lots of different ways of being productive. Wow. And they, uh, at Motorola, they actually went out of their way when they realized that I was never going to be a traditional manager to actually create jobs that uh, made use of my attributes uh, and uh, avoided my uh, many flaws. Okay. Has age and experience altered your Maverick approach? And if so, how have you grown? How did I grow? Yeah, how have you grown? Because has age and experience, how is Martin today, Martin the Maverick today different from Martin the Maverick of 20? How have you grown? Oh, well, I'm much smarter today than I ever was before. Okay. Uh, I think you, uh, that was a flippant answer. Uh, I think uh, uh, experience uh, is extraordinarily important. Right. You, you, uh, uh, you are, uh, as you get older, you're much less impulsive. You think more about things. You have a lot more uh, experience to measure, uh, to compare events with, uh, and uh, you build up self-confidence. Okay. It becomes much easier to be a maverick when you're older, and basically enough people tolerate you more, or at least a lot of people do. Okay. What aspects of your business are you most mavericking? Predicting the future. Wow. <laughs> I'm a bit stunned. Awesome. I would love to see how you do that. Um, and what aspects of your business are you least maverick in? Uh, looking at a uh, profit and loss statement. Okay. How do you balance being a maverick with home life? Well, I, uh, one thing you do is you get married to the right person. Yep, I just did that. But, uh, uh, if you're going to be a maverick, you have to be tolerant of other people's maverick tendencies. Okay. So we have to be very tolerant of people who are not maverick, because most people are not. Yes, Okay. So tolerance, I would suggest, is the, uh, it doesn't come natural to Mavericks, but it's a very important attribute. Wonderful. Is any part of being a Maverick 
related to the legacy you want to leave behind? Of course. What's the legacy? Uh, what's my legacy? That's, that's, that's presumptuous to even assume that you have a legacy. Yeah, but at least what I'm credited with is, uh, is having made the uh, uh, handheld cell phone happen a lot sooner than it uh, would have otherwise. Yes. Uh, I've also had some uh, uh, success in getting the world to understand about uh, uh, how we use the radio spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, uh, although I'm never satisfied with uh, uh, how people uh, actually react to that. Okay. But uh, you know, those are the uh, business legacies. I assume that was your question, right? Yeah, I'm happy to hear about your other legacies as well. Well, you know, I I have discovered that I have a legacy and that there are people that have looked at, whether it's my career, my personality, whatever, and uh, changed their lives because of that. Wow, that's more powerful than the other two. Yeah, that uh, it's a, it's an egotistical thing, uh, and but I you know once you uh, ob- uh, observe that it's uh, uh, there's a great feeling of satisfaction. For sure, mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date? Well, I. I don't know what the biggest one is, uh, but every change that I've made in my, my life has been a, a risky one. Uh, when I was in the uh, Navy, mm-hmm. uh, I actually uh, considered uh, making the Navy my career. Right. Uh, you know, I was successful, I knew what I was doing, uh, and I decided, uh, for whatever reasons, that I was going to take a whole new career. I was going to go back into civilian life. And, become uh, an engineer, which I had never really done before. So that was a huge risk. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure I had any uh, uh, rational uh, reasons for, uh, for doing that. Uh, I also could have stayed uh, at Motorola. I was at Motorola for 29 years. Right. And had I stayed, that, uh, stayed there, I would have most certainly uh, retired and uh, retired uh, with enough wealth to uh, uh, take care of me for the rest of my life, and I ended up uh, leaving to start a new company, uh, and I left uh, several years before I uh, had any pensions or anything of that nature. Right. So that was a, uh, a huge risk. Uh, I've uh, participated in the, in the starting of uh, a number of companies, mm-hmm. and uh, initiating companies is uh, always risky mm-hmm. uh, new companies fail yeah so how's that for list? yeah that's great how many projects have you taken in the past five years depends how you uh, define a project but lots and lots okay and what would you consider are the characteristics of a successful project success according to Martin Cooper oh well, uh, the one thing that you uh, learn is that uh, 
everything you can say and do ought to have an objective. Okay. So success means that you achieve some uh, version of that objective. Okay. The objective may change uh, with time, but uh, uh, so and and the definition of success will change. Uh, for example. Uh, uh, I could imagine creating a business that fails, uh, but still results in uh, improvements in society and you having learned a lesson. Right. That that actually comes up repetitively, Martin. Yeah, learn yeah, from failures. Learn from failures. Yeah. What leads to... One of the challenges with innovation is anybody can have a great idea, it's executing it. So what leads to successful execution of a venture or project? It's a combination of uh, uh, vision and uh, practical execution. Okay. And it's a very hard combination to come by. Because the visionaries uh, like um, like me uh, spend their lives dreaming uh, and count on other people to make the dreams come true. Yes, yeah. It's really funny. I was interviewing um, the Lego guy, and he actually said that his father used to say, "You're nothing but a dreamer." So that that phrase comes up a lot as well. What do you do that makes a venture successful? What do you bring to the table? Is it just is it the vision, as you're saying? I bring uh, alternate views, right? To uh, to uh, people, I think of things that they may not have thought of. Doesn't mean they're all right, but at least you have more choices. Okay, when a venture is unsuccessful. What do you consider are the main reasons for failure? Uh, it's either the vision was wrong or the execution is wrong. Okay. Okay. As a maverick, what are you afraid of? By the way, the third one in that one is uh, yeah? the timing may be wrong. Yes. Yes, that's, I've had a lot of people say that. They were, the idea was too ahead of the world wasn't ready for it. I do that a lot. Right. As a maverick, what are you afraid of? Afraid? Yeah. Uh, that's an oxymoron. Okay. If you're going to be a maverick, you can't be afraid. Mm-hmm. So when I'm afraid, it's because I'm not being a, a, a maverick. Okay. People say mavericks tend to be lone wolves. They like to work on their own. So my question is, how important is team to you as a maverick? Oh, that's the best thing I do. Okay. Is uh, because I am uh, uh, tend to be passionate about the things that I want to do. Uh, I uh, am pretty good at persuading people. Right. The team that built the uh, first cell phone, and none of them reported to me in the corporate uh, organization. Yeah. I had to sell them all on. Uh, why this was a uh, fantastic thing to do. Okay. And uh, uh, I was successful in doing it. So uh, uh, I guess we're back to this uh, ability to switch your maverick uh, ability on, at least the argumentative part of it. Right. Got you. 
you have to build uh, respect. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's not inconsistent with being a maverick, uh, but it, uh, uh, you have to be respectful of other people's views. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise, why would they follow you? Exactly. So. Which makes me wonder why people followed Steve Jobs, but apparently they did. Mm -hmm. They must have respected him. Does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? I would say uh, that it uh, uh, the, the uh, responsibility and the desire to lead responsibility and leadership and the desire to lead are somewhat inconsistent with being a, a maverick. Right. So, uh, there, number one, you have to uh, adjust some of your uh, tendencies mm -hmm. uh, to uh, bias them toward the leadership. And the second thing is you uh, may only attract a certain kind of people. Mm-hmm. So, I've had a lot of trouble uh, engaging with uh, people who are risk averse. Right. And, and uh, uh, being a, a maverick, uh, you, uh, I guess it's, uh, it's concomitant with uh, uh, being uh, risk tolerant. Yes. Or maybe even uh, seeking out risk. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. How and where did you get your permission to be a maverick? Well, I'm too dumb to ask. People <laughs> really uh, 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 thought about that. I, uh, I do a lot of things that are uh, that might be counterproductive to uh, to my career and to my interests, but. Uh, uh, so I, I would suggest that uh, uh, I don't have the discipline to look for permission. Okay. How are creativity and innovation related to being a maverick in your eyes? I never have thought about that, about whether you can be uh, a maverick and not be innovative. Uh, no, I suspect that you could have mavericks who are, no, you know, maverick, maverick is different mm -hmm. uh, that almost uh, implies uh, uh, being uh, uh, innovative. And that's why you know, that's a little too deep for this uh, okay. conversation. I'll tell you why. Uh, I have a, uh, a friend who has uh, written a book on uh, creativity. Right. Which is an, another f word for innovation, I think. Yeah, we use creativity and innovation, yeah. And uh, she is convinced, and she persuaded me, yeah. that uh, creativity can be learned. Yeah. Everyone can be creative. Yes. Now, if that's the case, uh, people who, who are risk averse uh, and who don't, and who think in boxes, yeah. uh, 
somehow or other can be creative in different ways. Right. So uh, I'm not sure that I can uh, uh, define that very uh, well right now, but uh, as an example, uh, talk about somebody who... Uh, so uh, just imagine somebody whose uh, role is to collect the uh, garbage. Mm-hmm. Can that kind of a person be creative in doing his job? Absolutely. He could be thinking about how to do the pick up the garbage in different ways, how to yeah. pick up the baskets without uh, straining himself, uh, uh, be creative in uh, entertaining himself and what he thinks about while he's doing it. So, so uh, this lady's thesis is that everybody can be creative and that it's a good thing to do, and I agree with her. Yeah, it's a little bit like Sir Ken Robinson's work. Um, he did a TED talk on how the education system today is just killing creativity out of children. Yeah, what was that so? Yeah, so it's the number one watched TED talk ever. I'm trying to get him to to interview him for the book. Yeah, well, I certainly agree with that. I uh, one of my beliefs is that our educational system. Uh, is uh, designed to put people in boxes in every way that can... And maybe from that, thinking about how we need to reinvent education. How are you supporting yourself while you do all these things? That's a, uh, by the way, don't feel like you're... No, 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 not at all. I'm a, I'm a cl- completely upfront, honest person. Basically, um, I gave up my... You know, really successful job in a university. I got. I was publishing. I was. You know, people couldn't understand why I. You said about risk. People couldn't understand why I would leave a perfectly good job when I was at the top of my tree. But I knew there was something else I was supposed to do, and I was the kid that never fit in, and I was the kid that always broke the rules and couldn't understand what the rules were. So my life's purpose became to actually, I accidentally became the person who stands up for everybody who thinks differently, if that makes sense. And in terms of supporting myself, I'm actually in the middle of um, creating my business, which is called thecrazyones.org, and I haven't actually earned a salary since the 10th of May 2013, which is when I left the university. But because I know this is the right thing for me to do, like you said, you defer that gratification. Once this is kicked off, hopefully I'll be speaking to people about how to, how to inspire Mavericks, how to work with them. And so, no, at the moment I don't earn nothing. I just do this. Yeah, well, I hope, uh, I hope things work out for you and that... Uh, that uh, uh, that I'm helpful in that process. Oh, you definitely are. Do you know what it feels like? I had no business contacts whatsoever. For me to be able to sit here and, like I said, last week to have Lego look me up and ask me if he could be interviewed was a turning point for me. Really? Was it that called you? Um, the vice president of Lego, Future Labs, their innovation department. Okay, oh, wow. Good for you. And I thought to myself, that is a paradigm shift. Good for you. And I've, I've already got down that Maverick 100 is going to be Richard Branson. 
I said that when I started this. Really? And I have no contacts. I, all I do is I send a nice, polite email and say, this is what I'm up to. Please let me interview you. So you mentioned that you have a, a number of people reject you, but they gave you reasons. Always. I mean, in the business world, I can tell you now, Seth Godin, Guy Kawasaki, Daniel Pink, all these people, they've personally emailed me to say, Billy, sorry I can't let you interview me. I'm currently editing my own book at the moment. But good luck. We think what you're doing is a great idea. Yeah. So, okay, so oh, let me finish off then. Mavericks tend to be learners. What are you a student of? Learners? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I... What, what can I say? I, I, it's a thrill to learn new things, especially for somebody my age. Right. I can only tell you when I learn something new, where we're back to this idea of, of uh, what a thrill it is to have uh, an original idea. Yeah. How can you do that without learning something? Exactly. And the diverser, the better. And so the thing, the last thing that I learned that really was a thrill is I'm reading a book about, uh, it's a book by a guy named Eric Topol. It's, it's called The Patient is In. And, and his thesis is that uh, the medical profession is all screwed up and that uh, we should take control of our own health. Uh, and uh, yeah, forget it, that, that's all irrelevant. Okay. Uh, he uh, uh, presented a way of of describing what a hum human, a specific human being is. Yeah. And it turns out that there are some ten different layers of uh, description. Right. That that uniquely define each person in the world. That to in in a number of different unique ways. Right. So as an example, it starts out with the simplest one is, uh, I can look at you and tell what you look like and how much you weigh roughly and uh, and uh, the simple outward attributes. I can go one layer different and start measuring things like your pulse rate and your. I can go another layer and actually look at your genome, which is right. uh, unique. I can go in an, an, still another layer and examine all the uh, bacteria in your body, of which, uh, in, if you look at all the cells in your body, of which there are 100 trillion, uh, 90 trillion are bacteria. Did you know that? No, I did not. That only 10% of you is human. Whoa! That that ten percent is is a species, by scientific definition, because of, of your genome, but you have uh, uh, probably several thousand different species of bacteria in your body, and they outnumber your uh, uh, human cells by uh, uh, ten to one. Wow! And so that's another layer, and it goes on and on. Yeah, They're, yeah, yeah. Okay. Start thinking about that, and, and uh, uh, it makes the concept of, of uh, putting people in boxes all the more ridiculous. Yes, you're we right. Are so, every one of us is so absolutely different from every other one, 
uh, how can you can a doctor say, well, you don't fit the normal pattern? What's or, normal? An educator. Yeah. Can you say that, well, you're eight years old, therefore you go into this class and you learn these kinds of things, and if you don't learn what everybody else is learning, you are deficient. Yes, yeah, yeah. Do you draw on other mavericks in any way? Do I do I? Do you draw on other mavericks in any way? Well, I enjoy them. Okay. I don't know what drawing on drawing them implies using people, and I'm not very good at that. No, I don't mean by using people, Martin. What I mean by that term—it's a very British phrase—is that if you're working on something. Um, and everybody's saying, oh, this is a bit of a crazy idea, that you've got a group of mavericks that you trust and you might ring them up and say, hey, I'm working on this, what do you think, kind of thing? The answer is yes. Uh, my wife would be um, a perfect example of a, of a maverick. Okay. Is there yeah. anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? Who jumps into your head? Yeah, yeah, well, there are lots of them, you know. Einstein was a maverick. Yeah. I thought, I think he's uh, wonderful. Mm -hmm. And my wife is a maverick. She's uh, much smarter than I am. And I'm astounded at all the things that she knows and uh, and how she knows what the right thing to do is at any time. And I'm, uh, by comparison, uh, wrong most of the time. I guess by definition, I'm wrong. Okay. And what do you have to suffer or sacrifice because you're a maverick, if anything? Well, I don't know. I like being a maverick, so it's hard to uh, mm -hmm. hard to think about whether whether I have given up uh, anything. Uh, uh, as I say, I was particularly lucky, and uh, uh, had I been less lucky, I might have uh, been less successful at life. Do you know what, Martin? Out of all the people I've interviewed, you and one other person, okay, were the only two people out of the 89 that said that they had a boss that encouraged their maverickism and let them fly. I was one of two that said that they have... You know how you said at Motorola they really supported you and you became friends with the CEO and he said everybody was different and to use your gifts? Yeah. There was only one other girl who said that to me. That, that, uh, that, that they were supported. She was fortunate in having people yeah. tolerate her? Uh, not Yeah, tolerate her, but also encourage that and know that something good would come of it. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You said all the other ones uh, uh, felt like the world was trying to hold them back? Yeah, most, when they were in corporations, most of the others left the corporate. You know, if I had five bucks for every one of my mavericks who um, left six-figure salaries just because the corporate world couldn't work out how to handle them. Well, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. I happen to agree with that. Okay. What motivates you as a maverick? You've said it's it's about, you know, having an idea, doing something that somebody else hasn't done. Is there anything else on top of that? Yeah, I like, 
Well, you know, we talked about the creative process. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the one downside of being a dreamer is uh, you don't often have the opportunity to execute, to see your dreams come true. And most of the, the kinds of dreams that I have take, when I do get an opportunity to execute them, they take tens of years to happen. So, uh, but Martin Luther King did say, I have a dream. He didn't say, I have a plan, did he? That's true. But on the, on the other hand, uh, you have to make a measurement at some yeah, point. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, one of the things that I do is I waste an inordinate amount of time doing trivial things. I love to fix things. Mm -hmm. And the reason I, and, and I uh, mess around with computers when I should hire other people to do it uh, because when you do something like that, you finish it. Uh, do you know what? I think it's more than that, Martin. I was going to, this ta after I've interviewed you, I'm, it's going to take me a week or so to just listen to your voice, press stop, play, stop, play, and transcribe this. Now, I could ship this out to somebody else to do and save myself a shed load of time. But do you know what? It's part of the journey, and it's when I'm doing that stop play and listening to the sentences that you've said during this interview that I start to make connections. So why would I give up that part of the journey just because it's a bit labour-intensive? Yep. That's a, I, it, very interesting. Well, uh, I, I, uh, uh, you didn't quite get my point because uh, what you're doing, I think, is purposeful. Yes. You are actually getting some value out of doing that. There is essentially zero value of my fiddling around with a computer or uh, gluing the backs on my wife's earrings or whatever. I'm not sure. I think everything we do somehow ends up connecting to an idea. I scroll. I spend loads of time scrolling down Facebook and people would say, oh, Facebook is a waste of time. I say, really? I got 30% of my Mavericks because of something I read on Facebook. So, is it a waste of time or is it not? You, you can't tell. If it makes you happy, do it. Yeah. Okay, well, my next question. Is any part of being a Maverick related to finding out who you are and what you're capable of? Of course. Well, let me see if I can figure that out. Yeah, uh, I spent a good part of my life, uh, even while uh, I had the, some attributes of, of Maverick, of actually trying to fit in. You know, when you're in the corporate world, you, there's a pattern of, uh, that is, defines success. You have to get a, a, uh, increasing uh, responsibilities, more people working for you, make more money, all those things. And uh, it took me a long time to figure out that I really wasn't a very good executive. Mm. Even though I uh, actually ran a, a division, which I had formed, Yeah, that was the good part, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, it achieved what today would be a, a level of a billion dollars, and I was not very good at running it. And that was one of the good things that uh, Motorola did was get me out of that role. Right. Although, and, and they struggled to find a new role for me that where I could continue to create. Never 
totally succeeded. But uh, I finally uh, got to the point where I could admit that I just was not very good at that. Okay, okay. Hard to do, hard to do. The next question you've already answered, which was, do you like being a maverick? And you've already said yes. Following on from that, is being a maverick important or a responsibility in any way? I, I, I can't answer. I don't, I, I don't think about it. You know, it's just, when you're talking about uh, an innate characteristic, so uh, I don't feel any responsibility to be a maverick. Okay. We've nearly finished the interview, so on a scale of one to ten, how maverick are you? How maverick am I? Yeah, in your opinion. Oh. Oh. Oh, how interesting. Probably a seven. Okay. And what advice would you give to someone who feels they're a maverick so that they could be the best possible maverick they could be? What would be your advice? Uh, I would give the same advice to anybody who wanted to be anything, mm -hmm. and that is, uh, before you can really do something uh, meaningful with your life, you have to be good at something. Okay. And you're okay. like, I don't know what you're good at, Billy, but I'll bet you were a very good nurse, if that's what was your profession for a I, while. Do you know what? I've come to, I just don't do anything crap. I do, I'm really good at leading teams. I, my last research paper was how to take a dysfunctional team, turn them around and make them effective. I'm working with somebody at the moment who comes around here. I'm, I'm very good at saying what I'm not good at. I'm not good at digital stuff, so I've hired somebody in who comes around and helps me. But I'm very spiritual, so I don't work with anybody just because somebody tells me I have to do something. Unless my heart says that's what I'm supposed to be doing, I don't do it. My heart says I should be sitting here on no salary doing this and it will work. Nobody can tell me this; something won't come of this, so I do it. I believe... You see, you're just verifying what I said, but you don't get to do a, a very risky thing like you're doing now without having the self-confidence that comes from believing in yourself. And how can you believe in yourself if you're not, don't believe that you're really good at something? Yes. and That and makes sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. Diagram that I have above my wall, which is about knowing what your purpose is. You know, why are you doing something? But I've got this above my wall and that... It's no, a, you're great a, at it, the world needs it, you're paid for it. Yeah. Love it. Isn't that neat? And that's what I do. So I already know I love it. I'm doing this job for no money. I know I'm great at it because I'm getting people to say yes. The world needs it because every maverick's telling me, you know, the corporate world, they want our ideas, but they don't know how to work with us. The only thing I'm trying to work out is how I'm going to get paid for it. Yeah, well, I uh, I wish you a lot of luck because I think you, we do have to eat and and uh, live. What's your biggest challenge right now? Oh well, I'm writing my book and uh, I'm really having problems. But uh, uh, it turns out that uh, it's easy to recount parts of your life, but uh, forming them into a book is not easy. Have you got a book, coach? 
if you want it to be something that a lot of people will read. And the other one is I uh, don't have the discipline. You know, you, you could write a, uh, a, a book of uh, several hundred thousand words if you write only write a thousand words a day. Yeah. And I can sit down and write a, several thousand words uh, if I'm motivated to do it okay. uh, in a few hours and then not do anything for, for a few weeks. Martin, I, I could help you with that. I met this lady. She's one of my mavericks, okay? And she is a book coach. Hopefully that will help you just get over that challenge, okay? Thank you. Okay. If you could have a superhero power, what would it be? Uh, one way to figure out how to stop all this, uh, all these wars that are going on. Yeah. I don't know how I would do that. Uh, it's, uh, occasionally I think about killing all the bad guys, but that's not very productive. But I, I, okay. I, I do dream about that a lot. Okay. What do you do for fun? I know you like to fix the back of your wife's earrings. I know you like to tinker with... Stuff, but what what do you do for fun? Uh, well, I uh, I ski occasionally. Okay. Uh, I uh, give speeches. Right. Which I occasionally actually make some money at. Yeah. Uh, I uh, go to the movies. Okay. And then occasionally, uh, and I read a lot. Okay. What would be one quote that defines you as a maverick? Yeah, the the one quote that I am uh, that is really original with me is: Are you ready? Yep. Uh, if you want people to think out of the box, don't create the box in the first place. Wow, love it. I thought you would. That is amazing. Do you know how I know when something's right? Because my heart skips a beat, and my heart skipped a beat when you said that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Do you want to know uh, what mine is? Well, I'll have to put that down as one of my talents that I can make Billy's heart skip a beat. You, can't, you just did that. Would you like to know what my favourite quote is? Yeah. Don't chase after success. Chase after being worthy. Then success will chase after you. I think that's amazing. Very good. And it's on, my, it's on the middle of my wall behind me so I never lose my path. So that all I have to do is I just have to try to be worthy. The universe will take care of the rest. Yeah. You, you think about it, it's, uh, uh, it, it's not that different than my uh, thesis about uh, uh, get to be good at something before yeah. you... Isn't that so, Exactly. Yeah, there's, a, there's a definitely a link. And it's a, a much more elegant way of saying that. I got it out of some Bollywood movie. <laughs> um, what would you like to have been asked, M Martin, that I haven't asked you? Oh, I can't imagine. Boy, you, this is the most creative. You know, you know that I'm interviewed at least once every uh, two weeks, and maybe more often than that. Uh, and this has been the most creative interview that I've ever had. And you know, we're dealing with, I've been interviewed for 60 minutes, and Yesterday, Bloomberg interviewed me, and uh, but this was very creative. Do you know I, what, Martin? You just I can't made, put this thing with you come up with. You, you just you made my day.